Welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm your host, the Professor, and my co-host, the DJ. Hey, guys. And Bucky. Hello. How are you guys been? <laughs> we good. We good. I'm marvellous. Is someone piping nitrous oxide into the DJ's room? No. No. Why? It just started ca- cracking up. Well, this is because of the joke we're having just before we started recording. Oh, yes. In case anyone missed it, why did the chicken cross the road? Why? We'll never know that answer. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll tell you the uh, the answer at the end <clears throat> to keep people listening. It's all about the watch time. <laughs> oh, no. That sounded so cringy. <laughs> Remember to like and smash that play button, whatever. What? What? This is why I do a podcast and not YouTube. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're smashed. <laughs> Alcohol never touch the stuff. I never said you've been drinking. I just said you're smashed. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's uh, kick it off. Our first topic tonight is from Buck. Yep. And it is about the great groundbreaking piece of international space news where SpaceX has had a capsule dock with the International Space Station. Ooh, that's very cool. <clears throat> so Elon Musk is closer to, in his dreams of world domination and becoming a Bond villain. So sooner or later, Elon Musk is going to change the International Space Station to Moonraker. You're implying that everyone doesn't have dreams of world domination. <clears throat> I, I didn't say nobody else had them. I just said he's one step closer to them. <laughs> but that's a monumental achievement on his part, though. It's very exciting to uh, finally have a backup for the Soyuz. Yeah, because SpaceX is less likely to crash and burn. <laughs> uh, Soyuz isn't too bad um, But it is showing its age you, you do know that the technology for the Soyuz spacecraft Is based on intercontinental, intercontinental ballistic missile technology Yep From the 40s Yep or 50s So yeah um, So was everything back then Saturn V is a modified uh, ICBM as well yeah, and then SpaceX has taken to another level again, so they've actually been modifying it. So we're still using the same technology. Like their their their, spa, their spare parts box actually had um, Starlin's face on it. If it works, don't break it. Don't fix it. Well, yeah, Russian technology doesn't break very easily. They make it very tough. Yeah, but I will say this though: the Russian. Russian stuff has been under in question for a while now in terms of, te- um, what was it? Uh, well, I don't know. You tell us. Like a lot of people. It was saying, a, the failed launch uh, <laughs> late last year? I think. Was I've that heard... the DJ again? <laughs> oh, sorry, no. Oh, sorry, you're talking about an actual <laughs> spacecraft. My yeah. apologies, DJ. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that one. It was on October 11. It didn't didn't end well. No, it ended perfectly fine. Everyone lived. <laughs> Just they did not go to space today. <coughs> Tends to happen when your rocket blows up. Yeah. And it, well, actually, no. Well, if it was the old Soviet Union, it, the people responsible would have gone to a gulag because nothing goes wrong in Soviet Union. In Mother Russia, failure, death. Actually, one of the funniest things out of um, the SpaceX docking comes from the great clown himself, Donald Trump. Um. <laughs> We've got NASA rocking again. Great activity and success. Congrats to SpaceX and all. <laughs> um, he does realise SpaceX is not NASA, doesn't he? 
Probably wait, not. Oh wait, but didn't um, SpaceX wasn't there a we did a, we did an episode once talking about the story with SpaceX working with NASA at one stage. Yeah, they are working with NASA, but they're not NASA. They're more professional than NASA. Yeah. NASA uh, speaking of, uh, stuff. Speaking of Trump, did you hear today that he called uh, Tim Cook Tim Apple? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was just going, oh man. So obviously he's talking about <laughs> Elon Tesla. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who the head of NASA is at the moment. Actually, speaking about... Um... Just you mentioned a Tesla reminded me of a joke and a pondering question. If your Tesla car is stolen, does that mean it's no longer a Tesla but instead an Edison? <laughs> um, Professor, the answer to your question about who's the NASA, who's the head of NASA uh, at the current moment, it's James Frederick Jim Bridenstine. You mean James Frederick NASA? <laughs> Isn't it Goku? I wish it was Goku, but no. <laughs> I wouldn't wish it was Goku. He spends half the time standing around just screaming. And and posing like as if he wants he wants to take a shit. Hey, language. You know, <laughs> rude bugger. <laughs> but this is a good this so this is the first step to more space more technology in space. Would you would, would you agree, guys? Yeah. Having well, a um a manned commercial spacecraft is a huge leap. Yeah, but see like, the thing like I we don't really need too much more technology in space. Like if, you, if you actually went and had a look at everything up there, there's so much junk just floating around. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, we just need to improve the technology. Yeah. <laughs> like part of the plans I've seen from um, one group for colonising on the moon and building a, spa- a station up there is actually capturing some, a lot of the old satellite technology and other space junk that's floating around. And launching it to the moon for resources. I feel like that would take a lot of uh, Delta V, though. Yeah, they worked out a way of using like solar panels technology to provide the power to um, the collection process. Solar panels or solar sails? Solar panels to provide power while it's moving around. Okay. And after it's all captured, it's all linked together with what, however they want to do it can't remember all the details but then yeah it just the solar panels drive it like provide the power for the drive system on all electronic drives to move across and then yeah you could lose use solar pa- sails to get to the moon fair enough once once it gets momentum and starts moving it'll just keep going for a fair while so yeah and obviously the um the way they're going to link all the old satellites together there's just going to be a guy up there with some ratchet straps and an oki strap and just like when you're moving house. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't a NASA idea. It wasn't Australian, so it makes it even more likely, actually. Hmm. The- Which means there'll also be um, a few empty beer cans and so forth <laughs> in amongst all the space junk. <laughs> if you Can think you- about it, you could fit a lot of beer in the, uh, the shuttle booster, the, the fuel tank that was on the shuttle, yeah. not that, that ever actually went to space. But if you wanted to ship lots of beer to space, um, I reckon just the cargo bay of the space shuttle. One of, get one of the old space shuttles and convert that into a living, like a, a habitat to live in. And um, yeah, I reckon for an extended trip, you need at least like this is going on the as an Australian sort of thing. You'd have to have fifty percent of that as beer. So we're gonna have space shuttles sponsored by VB. 
No, no, Forex. Forex? Oh, oh Forex. What about Fosters? That would be really cool, though, having a, uh, a space shuttle museum in space. Like, hook it onto the, uh, the first, um, like, long-term space station and just have, a, uh, have the Endeavour bar. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, speaking about insanity and craziness, I know this was something, this only just came across my um, newsfeed just a few hours ago. Apparently, the US Army has a robot tank system that they're trying to assure the public adheres to the AI murder policy. We have one of those? Yes. Um, but, like, the scary thing is this is from the military. That is the whole reason why we have the term friendly fire, because they try to kill off more of their own people than anyone else can. They think, think it's actually a competition. <clears throat> And also created the term of collateral damage because for some reason they can't aim. Yes, I've heard uh, stories from people who have trained with Americans that the Americans turn up with body bags expecting to use them. Oh, and I, 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 I've heard plenty of stories where one of the first things they pack when they go on to a training exercise with another country is a suitcase full of checkbooks. Oh. I, I'm serious. They have, like... Um, one story I've heard about is a an American helicopter pilot who was flying an Australian helicopter and was supposed to be helping to transfer a field gun as part of a joint exercise training operation. But when there was some wind gusts or something, he freaked out and bugged out and took, took off and flew up into the air and dropped a field gun from over 800 metres up in the air. Apparently landed barrel first. Uh, I would you even bother going straight up 800 metres? Uh, apparently he just grabbed the collective and just jerked on it. And, yeah, he just shot straight up. Worst part was the fact that the netting that was there to hold it only had two of the hooks in place, hence the reason why it fell. But there was still um, a group of Australians on top of it trying to hook it up. Like There was a couple of them there. So, yeah, they weren't happy. I wouldn't be. And a major, major turned up and was yelling abuse at the Australians and the Australians just pointed up at the helicopter and said it's an American pilot. And the major said, ah, cool, we're getting new field guns. <laughs> <laughs> and walked away. I, I, will so, say this, I, I will say this. The American Army, as technologically advanced they are, as they are, man, they're manpower. <laughs> yeah, but see, like I've, I know I've spoken with guys in the American Defence Forces and I mean, like, guys who are serving from positions in the Coast Guard, the US Navy, um, the Marines, the American military, the Air Force, and they're all jealous of Australia because we don't have, like, in America, in America on their ships, it's one person, one job, and that's the US Defence Force, whereas in Australia, it's like, okay, you're a sailor on a ship who everyone has to know how to, everyone paints, Everyone has to know how to shoot a gun. Everyone has to know how to do all, like has to do the firefighting and everything like that. America, no, no, no. Do you have the firefighting squad? You have the painting crew. You have the guys who have the guns, and there's no crossover. No, so, no, no crossover. So they're jealous of the fact that like, Australians actually have a, a better training system and get to have more fun because everyone wants to join the navy or the army to be a painter. Uh, I, yeah, I think we're going, but we're getting off the topic here. By the way, um. In terms, but with never. <laughs> in terms of SpaceX doing this monumental achievement, could you see other? Could this be like a warning, um, warring, a war cry 
to other tech space tech companies going, ha, we've done this. Now it's up to you guys to beat us. Well, have the other space companies even gotten to orbit? Open uh, Origin's still doing grasshopper tests. Well, the Chinese landed a module on the far side of the moon. Yeah, but like, what about uh, private, like, commercial companies? Um, well, I know that there, there are some French um, companies that launch satellites. I'm not sure if that's if their own rockets or not. <coughs> but I know, um, what is it, Virgin Galactic is planning a space to launch station in Australia. So we used to have one. Richard Branson's pushing to get into the game and get into outer space. Yeah, we used to have a, uh, mm-hmm. a space space launch complex here. Mm-hmm. It was out on the uh, the salt plains in South Australia. Only it um, kind of sucks to try to get a rocket into an equatorial orbit from that latitude. But if he wants to go up there, it's better down under. <laughs> Terrible puns. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Like honestly, I, um, if this does light a fire under other companies, and there's a lot more technology happening, fantastic. Because yeah, like comp- competition and all that to achieve things makes things happen. So please do it. I want to get off this rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's either this or we've got to have a world war to advance technology far enough for it. So which we're doing our best at. Well. Donald, Donald Trump and uh, the the fine gentleman from North Korea. I can't upset him because he's got nuclear missiles pointed at us. Oh man, I just I I think it, I I don't think we'll get I don't think we'll get to war, man. It's too it, because we, there's too many um contingencies. You got the UN, the Security Council. But, okay, the, the UN's a toothless tiger. Okay, yeah, that, that's a given. The Security Council, the five permanent members are all the world's biggest arms deals. So their economies actually make money from going to war. Yeah. But then you And the other, you know who else said similar things about um, not going to war? Um, the British Prime Minister. Which one? Um, at the start of World War II. Chamberlain, I think. Yeah, Chamberlain. He said, no, we're not going to go to war. We can sort this out diplomatically. <laughs> that, that was so accurate. He was fantastic. He was kicked out of Parliament. How quickly? Too quick. Not quickly enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's just about what everyone was saying before World War Two happened. Couldn't possibly. Not going to happen. Oh, no. Winston Churchill was saying, uh, you, you idiots might want to start getting the guns ready. Oh, man. But I would rather commercial space than a uh, World War Three end of the world space. Yes. Because I'm probably not going to be on the rockets out of here if World War Three happens. <coughs> No, no one now like the DJ will be. You'll never get away from him, which is unfortunate because the next topic is the DJs. So he told you. <laughs> All right. So since uh, my topic is going to be about Game of Thrones season eight, since the re- since the trailer came out two days ago. So alert, alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> and one of the scenes. Do I need our... to see the first seven seasons before I watch this one? Yes. You just need well. You just need to see all the other seven episodes and other seasons anyway, because they're stupendous. I've never actually watched it, and that's such a sad thing. It's a bit of a habit of mine. I only watch Breaking Bad after it finished. I'll probably only watch Game of Thrones once it finishes. Well, the good thing there is you don't have to wait for the next season. Yeah, which has well, been I've annoying. Been like, after after episode seven, after season seven, we've been waiting and waiting 
I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And waiting. <laughs> I've been burnt too many times. I start watching a show and fall in love with it and it gets cancelled after one season. Oh, I was just going to say this because you're a gamer and you spend too much time inside out of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, back to the story. So one of the episodes is going to feature a very, very long battle. And it's called um, the Battle of Winterfell, as it's now called. It will be the biggest, long, will be the biggest longest battle ever seen in a mo- TV or a movie. It's apparently bigger than the 40-minute Helm's, 40-minute Helm's Deep Siege from Lord of the Rings. Well, it's only an hour-long show, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. With, um, with the recent season, so they're going to make it two it'll hours over, long. It'll pro- and it'll probably be over multiple episodes as well. No, no what, from what I've gathered, it's basically, it'll be short, it'll be eight episodes, but all of the episodes will be two hours long, from what I've heard. Okay. So that will be, inter- that will be interesting. Um, actually, I've got the thing here where it's saying the whole episode is 90 minutes long. Yeah. So not two hours, it's only 90 minutes. Hour and a half. Fair enough. But, my God, that, that's going to be a very long battle. There'll be enough time to go for a cup of tea in the middle. <laughs> no, because you want to miss. You won't want to miss any of the action. Oh yeah. But the trust me, the battles in this are pretty awesome. Oh, season seven. I, season seven. Th- there were so many good battles in that in that season. You would you you would be a fool not to see. You would have to be a fool to miss. Okay, you've seen it. So why are you still a fool? No, I meant you have mi- no. As in, you haven't seen the. If you if you missed it, you're a fool. So, I'm, that's what, that's so I'm you're saying that the professor's a fool? Yes, for missing out. And you're saying that if I've seen about... it, I wouldn't be a fool. Yes. So what's I the intellectual? So what's, the intellectual what's the intellectual property to increase your intelligence? <laughs> what's the educational value? Military strategium. Mm, no, actually, I've I've watched it. And I watched the military strategy stuff and studied a lot of history. And that's completely unrealistic. I'm sorry, but that's about as as great for military strategy as watching the Smurfs. Really? I mean, even even though it was a even though in the series it was a what, a big a big huge victory. Spoiler alert. Well, it's according to fact, Gargamel never did eat the Smurfs. It's it's all according to a script. And the reality for a lot of it just doesn't work that way. Because you always got crazy people doing unexpected things, which is the reason why there's the saying. You can have the most amazing... First contact. Yeah, you can have the most amazing plan, but it doesn't last past the first 30 seconds of battle. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so with this battle... Um, so with this current... With this battle, Battle of Winterfell... Uh, one of the directors um, quote that he drew inspiration from the Battle of Helm's Deep, which he studied to determine where the audience would get battle fatigue. And he quotes, "It feels like the only way to really approach it properly is to take every sequence and ask yourself, why would I care to keep watching? One thing I found is the is the less action, the less fight you can have in a sequence, the better." You reckon that's true? You reckon that's true though? Yes, <clears throat> I get bored if we don't have regular cutaways from the action to other scenes to add context a little bit of romance a little bit of horror a little bit of uh, comedy so you're following the um abc fireworks um producers rule of let's not look at the fireworks let's look at random people in the crowd yep who got it from the bbc um 
producers who were doing the um, Edinburgh tattoo, and instead of actually showing what was happening, they would focus someone in the crowd or some random nonsense or zoom in on the polished buttons of the drummer. Honestly, though, I've uh, seen Lord of the Rings Extended Edition, so how bad could this really be? If it's done like that, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And plus, if, if you've seen the tra- saw the trailer, it's really cool with dragons. Not going to and... watch the trailer because spoilers for the other seven seasons. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Did you did you know that? Um. What's her name? Carlisi ends up sleeping with her um, <laughs> cousin. Yes, because of memes. Actually, what I'm still trying that? to work out. Is it? Is it? Is are they cousins or is he her nephew? I think John, uh, I think Khaleesi is cousin once removed or something like that. Because well, wasn't her father the Mad King, <clears throat> and was it her brother was the one that oh, her her sister or something? It's confusing trying to work that part out. I can't remember now. Yeah, I think I think I can solve that for you. And Jon Snow is actually the son so, of the king that was murdered. I so Jon Snow. Okay, so here we go. Jon Snow is the son of Lyanna Le- Stark, who is Ned Stark's sister. Um, so so HBO released an infographic Rhaegar Targaryen as Jon's father. So Prince Rhaegar was the son of the Mad King and older brother to Daenerys and Viserys Targaryen. So, Lyanna... so she's his he's auntie. Pretty much. So Daenerys is so... his aunt. <laughs> In other words, it's all it's. It's a it's a episode of incest. George R. R. Martin is like Ted Cruz. Oh no! <sighs> hey, but hey, hey, when hey, this isn't the only inc- incestuous relationship we've seen in Game of Thrones. Okay, this isn't the first one. I yeah. know. I've seen the memes. Is no one DJ sending jealous? Where some kid gets thrown out a window? Yeah, because yeah. he saw a brother and sister. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of show then. Ah, oh, that's only a small part of it. Yeah, you got Peter Drinkledge is amazing. He's a lot of fun. And yeah. you also have, and you also have Arya Stark as well, and her and her backstory and her story of vengeance. In fact, mm-hmm. um, here's another quote from Michael uh, Arya actress Maisie William has had to say some had to say about the shooting the battle scene. Quote: Nothing can prepare you for how physically draining it is. It's night after night again and. And it's just, and it just doesn't stop. You can't get sick, and you have to look out for yourself because there's so much to do that nobody else can do. There are moments you're just broken as a human and just want to cry. Weren't you telling us the other day that uh, they were filming like sixteen-hour days or something? Um, that was me. I can't remember where the story I had for that was from. Is gone to um, when we're doing the product, the all the preparation. Um, but yeah, it was they were filming night after night for hours on end. Uh, I said this. I I had the more extensive article. Um, just loading up now. Do 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 do. Um. So. Um. Yeah, it was eleven weeks of grueling night shoots with up to seven hundred and fifty people working nights in freezing open rural countryside. They're labouring in icy rain and piercing wind, in thick, ankle-deep mud, reeking horse manure and choking smoke. I and heard they the film cr- in Iceland, don't they? I can't. I think so. For some of it, 
Um, but there's the comment here from Liam Cunningham. He said, I heard the crew was getting 40,000 steps a day on their pedometers. They're the heroes. Yeah. That's a significant hike. That's literally walking kilometers and kilometers. Yeah. You'd actually ask to get paid by the kilometer at that point, wouldn't you? <laughs> can I get paid a can I get paid one dollar per step? <laughs> Alan, I need you to deliver this across to that guy over there. And then Alan just goes walking all the way around the set. But they've got like forty thousand steps. That's a ridiculous. Day, a day, mind you. This is one day. I wonder how many so So like an average step is thirty centimeters or forty centimeters, so yeah, and the uh, recommended daily step rate is 10,000 steps a day. So that's like 100 and... It's getting, getting up... like It's over 100... It's like 50 to 100 kilometers, I think. Like a day or over the week? Oh, over the, over the, over the week. Like, um, yeah, because uh, 30Ks in a day will pretty much kill you unless you train for it. Yeah, like um, I'm just... Like I'm just working it out roughly in my head so i haven't actually done any actual proper maths on it i'm just thinking like yeah if we're going at 30 centimeters as a, a step so one foot so that's 3.1 steps becomes a meter oh mate just boggles the mind what did you get in the oh i haven't gotten there yet i haven't bothered like i'm just as i said i'm only just doing this in my mind like just out of curiosity so Maybe like just... 13 kilometers a day. That's pretty impressive. And that was 11 weeks. So they would literally have walked from one side of Europe to the other, or one side of Australia to the other. I wonder what I would I... not do that for a hobby. Oh, <coughs> I'm going to be. Int- I wonder what's what their diet must have been like. Whole exercise. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of chocolate. <laughs> and a bucket loads of water. No, no, no. It'd be hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah, hot chocolate. Um, yeah. One of the rules for if you ever have anyone with hypothermia is you don't give them caffeine. Like you don't give them a cup of coffee because that actually thins the blood. And the same with water. You try to limit that. You give them hot chocolate because it's made with milk. It thickens the blood up and warms them internally. So yeah, you would limit. You'd only have water when you're sitting sitting down at night, soaking your feet in it in a big bucket of hot water and yeah you drink a couple of liters of water then and yeah but the rest of the time you'd be drinking hot chocolate like it was at night in freezing icy rain and ankle deep mud you know maybe i wouldn't complain so much about walking 13 kilometers a day if i had unlimited hot chocolate (laughs) like they don't say here what the diet was but yeah like if you got people in those conditions I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And if and if they're filming in Iceland, then the people there are going to go, oh, yeah, you're going, you're going to want lots of hot chocolate because they know how to look after you. I've been to Iceland. I can confirm you drink lots of hot chocolate. 
you, you, isn't it? Carl, instead of um, giving you air tank, they give just it's actually a, a hose with hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the petrol stations you pull in, and there's one hose for your car and one for you. <laughs> uh, we were camping, so um, part of our camping supplies was just these huge, several kilogram jars of hot chocolate mix. And that was just for you, but what about for everyone else? <laughs> I'm not a glutton. I let other people have, like, one glass between them. Okay. <clears throat> I'm just thinking, like, if I went, like, I've worked in freezers and sub-zero temperatures at minus 40 degrees and minus 20 degrees, and, yeah, I know I used to drink about 20 cups of Milo a day, but I was running around flat out in the freezer the whole time. So... Yeah. Anyways, guys, so you, so you guys gonna be watching season eight? I will be. I suppose I might as well start at the beginning. Oh, you're gonna love it. You can you can start watching now, and before season eight actually finishes, you get actually been caught up, and then start watching through that as well. Yeah, probably could. So I actually worked it was only that. a week or two ago that the uh, I saw a post on Facebook that if you started watching on this day, you would uh, finish in yeah. time for the first episode. That should have been back in. That was back in January. That first. Appeared. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's if you're going to watch an episode a day. Yeah. And no one watches just one episode a day if they if they got the choice. Like if you got the choice, you're going to be watching two or three episodes a day. And without any interruption at all. That's serious dedication right there. I know I did that. I um, missed season six, <coughs> and I went over to a friend's place and I watched all of um, what's its name season. Five. No, yeah, I missed season six. I went over a friend's place and yeah, I watched all of season six on Netflix or whatever it was that he had in one afternoon in preparation for watching the start of season seven. Okay. Well, we are uh, getting on with a bit, so let's go to the next topic, which is mine. And it's a bit of a PSA that if you play Anthem, you should keep an eye on your console because they have a habit of... Uh, Crashing so hard that the whole console has to be rebooted. Oh, that's going to cost them a bit. Yeah, I really don't understand how a bug this severe got through QA. Uh, it is EA, so there's the means, but... Yeah, well, I was just going to say, it's EA, so it's probably... It's actually quite easy. Like, I saw a meme today about um, cheese, a toasted cheese sandwich, <laughs> where the price was, um, what was it, $1.99? But if you wanted cheese on that toasted cheese sandwich, it was an extra two dollars or something like that. Oh man! Yeah. Um, how could how could EA do this? I mean, they were doing so well with Apex Legends. It's EA, and they're two completely different teams. One of them is made up of people who I believe they left EA and founded Respawn, released Titanfall One, then got bought out by EA again. Um. <laughs> And then the others made by a company that has done nothing good in seven years. Longer well, if you don't consider Mass Effect free good. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mass Effect drama at Bioware, that was a... <laughs> oh my god, that was painful to watch. It's pretty crazy to think that was seven years ago. <laughs> like, well, there goes my youth. Oh, man. Another couple of weeks and I'll be an old man sitting outside the cafe playing chess. <laughs> just here's something for you. Just think about how bad um, Fallout seventy six would have been if I, EA had gotten involved. <laughs> oh, EA like, doesn't need the help with Bethesda. 
because the kids grow up just well enough on their own. You wouldn't just be lonely, but you'd be walking around. You'd have to like you. It's pay extra for the trees. Pay extra for grass. Pay extra for that jacket that you're wearing right now. Pay extra for a bag that falls apart. <laughs> uh, because I I did remember Anthem before the before the game release. It everyone was saying like, oh, this will be a good game. This will be cool. Like E3, there was so much fanfare. And well, we're all hoping, but then we watched the all the leading and we realized screwed it up on it. <laughs> So what's the uh, the biggest bug you guys have ever seen? I still think Fallout 76 where they, that second round of patches came in and <laughs> um, the game. But like just one specific bug, like when that crashes your whole computer or oh. makes you ping off into space or whatever. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say the brain bug in, um, what's the name? Yeah, um, Starship Troopers. But, um, you want a computer bug? Um, yes. Um, Windows ninety eight. The Windows that was so that was so full of bugs and bugs that were so bad that they replaced it with Windows two thousand instead of waiting longer. It was so bad they had they they literally it was like let's just not speak of this and never say it ever happened. Yeah, it's been a, a while now, but I remember there being a a way to trigger a blue screen by um, opening a particular file path. Um, yeah, it was called you, you. You push the power button to turn your computer on. Windows, 90, Windows 98 opens. You try to do anything, <clears> your computer just melts like the the Wicked Witch in um, the Wizard of Oz. You <laughs> splash with the back of water, and your computer just starts going. I'm melting. <laughs> that was the effect of Windows 98. Uh, so yeah, that was the biggest bug I've ever come across. I actually saw someone who got physically violent. At the mere suggestion of putting Windows ninety eight on their computer, and oh. he was a he was an IT tech support guy for one of the big companies in town, and they then the bosses were saying, "Let's get Windows ninety eight. Oh, he locked them out of the building. He, <laughs> said, he said, "Don't you dare come and destroy my computers." And so they waited a little while because they figured this guy was usually pretty level headed and so forth. So if he was getting that angry about it, there must be something to it, and. Yeah, he he was proven right because within weeks, Windows ninety eight was melting computers and bank balances around the world. Like you've never seen a faster rollback to an older system than Windows ninety eight. But we're off topic again, aren't we? Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, what about you, DJ? What specific I... bug is the biggest you've ever seen? Uh, as I said earlier, that's. Fallout 76 thing, that's still, but like, that bug, <laughs> Jesus Christ, how it constantly kicks you out of the servers and stuff, but <clears> I, don't, I don't think I've experienced any bugs, at, any big bugs at my end of town. Sorry, guys, but, yeah. You're boring. Yeah. He's not enough of a nerd. <laughs> but, in, okay, in back to the topic, in regards with Anthem, there... Hey? Well, in regards with Anthem, there was like a whole lot of fan, um, a whole lot of backlash as well during the production of the game, as I re- wasn't there. Why? I don't remember that. I did remember there was, um, they wanted to change uh, the character designs at one stage. Yeah, but there's always people complaining about everything these days. Like, there's more people complaining about things that are completely irrelevant, irrelevant than there is about people trying to find solutions and just getting on with life. 
Fruit, so this is for play. This is only for PlayStation Four, right, um, Professor? No. Uh, no, it's happening to PC and Xbox as well. Oh. So it's dude. not just an isolated issue. Whatever they've done, they've really bugged <laughs> it up. Oh no! Scary. <laughs> That's very scary. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot of people who are worried that it's going to brick their uh, console. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here, here there are some. Uh, so prior to the release, of, <coughs> this is icon. It says prior to the release, there was a spike of players. Um, enter the spike of players entering at the demo on Friday. Problems with some accounts being blocked from the demo because they had been flagged internally and infinite loads. And if you want to read the article yourself, there is a link. <coughs> Ebooks by the DJ will never take off. <laughs> but man, and, uh, so, yeah. Let's move on to the shout-outs. Well, hang on. Oh. No, no, no. No, no. No, 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 Ah, yes, the games. <laughs> what have you been playing, Bucky? Skyrim. Still. No, I <laughs> I restarted my new character. I named after the hero from Last Kingdom. So I've named him Uhtred, and he's running around with a two-hand sword. Let's just remember, though, you're still going to be a stealth archer at heart. No, 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 no. I've actually been charging in and killing people with the sword first. There's only a couple of people I've actually shot with the arrow, with, with a bow and arrow first. And in fact, the first dragon, I kill, finished him off with a sword. I shot him with bow and arrow to start with, and he landed and came to attack me. And I switched over to my two-handed sword and attacked him and managed to kill him. What's the character called? So it's based off the last hero you Last Kingdom. Ah. Uhtred. Uhtred, son of Uhtred, or Uhtred, son of Ragnar, depending on what part of the season you're through. Okay. And the, the DJ is now scurrying to find a link to The Last Kingdom. Uh-huh. But, um, so how much, so much, how much, um, skills have you acquired for the character? Um, well, I've only just killed the dragon and gone back to, um, River, is it? no, White Run. And, um, yeah, so literally I've only done... A couple of missions so i've survived the initial attack by a dragon <coughs> i've made my way through riverwood or river run whatever it is and been sent on to white run and then gone up to the get the stone about the dragons got back and sent out to fight the dragon and i was heading back to white run and i heard a thune of the Greybeards calling me so yeah <coughs> all right so what have you been playing dj um, I've been playing Apex Legends. Ah, that's that game's addictive. Have yeah. you won a round yet? I haven't won any rounds, but have, I've you, been... have you killed anyone yet? Yes, I have. I've been. I think I perfected the you, aim. You've gotten a kill. Yes, with a shotgun as well, which is pretty hard to do. Actually, was it someone who was already down and injured, and you just finished them off, or no, no, no? Oh. But it's. I will say this: it's pretty hard. Um. Just to get the accuracy right, with def- even with default settings, it's pretty hard. So you have to tweak. I've been seeing a lot of YouTube videos about how to tweak the settings and stuff, and some have worked and some have not worked. Uh-huh. So it's pretty. Uh, it's it's a bit of trial and error just to okay. get that, just to get the feel of the. Game. But the biggest ones you have to concentrate on for that game is the response curve and field of view. Those are the two biggest ones to look out for when playing on console. I have to say, I like the fact that when you load it up, <coughs> it comes up saying anti-cheatware, <laughs> and they're actively seeking to boot cheaters. 
which I have to say won't affect the players from China who just they just <laughs> happen to have better consoles and systems. It's not that they're cheating. Okay, so we've got the uh, Chinese gamers reference. Now we just need <laughs> penguins and a horrible, uh, cheesy shout-out to another podcast. And then we've got a bingo. Well, we got well, you just did the penguins. <laughs> but don't upset the overlords. They'll come out of their pyramids and attack us. Actually, you do hear that apparently they found new areas under the pyramids in Giza. Cool. Nice. Apparently, hey, I'm serious. Oh, there's actually found thing. It actually looks like there might be a drainage thing. It's a and, shame it's so hard to get any archaeological work done there. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh, every time I hear about something new happening in Giza, there's people talking about how the uh, people who found it won't be allowed to investigate it because they're so restrictive. Yep. But um, getting back on topic, what game have you played, Professor? Tetris 99. <laughs> I'm hooked. Still? Still, I'm hooked. I can't stop. I can imagine him sleeping. While playing the Nintendo muscle memory, <laughs> thinking like, okay, 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 okay. So, do you often have these, um, shall we say, fantasies about the professor playing computer games? No, <laughs> but I can have. Uh, I'm having this mental image of the professor struggling in his sleep. Just you're saying. you're having mental images of the professor in his sleep. No, <laughs> you're putting you put. No, I'm not putting I'm anything saying. in your mouth. I'm not going there. I'm just saying I can I can imagine the. Struggling to sleep while thinking how to beat, how to be number one in Tetris 99. Oh. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Even while neither. I'm not playing, my brain's just going over block placements. Apparently, neither can the DJ. Oh my god. <laughs> and that worries me. <laughs> Let's move on to the shoutouts before I get any more mental trauma. <laughs> This week, uh, on the both on the fourth of March this year, we have the nineteenth anniversary of the PlayStation Two, Woo-hoo! and the twenty fifth anniversary of John Candy's death. Aww. So, uh, rapid question: What's your favorite PS Two game? Uh, what's your favorite John Candy movie? Um, PS Two got a war. Um, John Candy, Uncle Buck. What about you, DJ? PS2, I would say King of Fighters 2000? Was it 2001? Um, they had lots of muscly characters in that, didn't they, with their shirts off? <laughs> no, actually, it was more of the. Uh, <laughs> it was more of the. It was more stunning graphics, uh, the cutscenes. I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> and um, John, favorite John Candy movie, I would say National Lampoon's Holiday Vacation. Okay, my favourite's uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I hey. really enjoy the Battlefront games. Hey? The the classic ones from the PlayStation 2 era. Ah. Not the new that, one, of course. I was just wasn't on the PlayStation 2, was it? Well, that's what I was just getting worried about. That plus you were saying you like Battlefront 2. I was actually oh, going to call an ambulance to quick, quickly get over there because you're having, suffering a brain aneurysm. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember any specific movies I've seen with John Candy, so I can't answer the second one. There's quite a few. How could you have not watched a John Candy movie? Oh, I've I've seen uh, National Lampoon, but I don't remember his role in it. 
Have you seen planes, trains, and automobiles? No. Home Alone? Yes. Home Alone 2? Yes. Home Alone 2, he's the guy who, with the poker band who drives the truck. Okay. I'll have to uh, look that up because I vaguely remember that. It's been many years since I've seen Home Alone. Uh, cool Runnings? Haven't seen that, but I have ridden on the, uh, the bobsled track. Does that count? Um, I don't know. Did you put weights in the front of your sled to go faster? <laughs> I'm pretty heavy, so I was at the back of the sled, so kind of. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you haven't watched Uncle Buck? No. See, that's who I'm basing my role as an uncle on. Fair enough. I've even got an axe that I've sharpened up for, so, so I could circumcise a gnat. So if any of my nieces get a boyfriend that's misbehaving and I don't like, I can go do the whole Uncle Buck routine. <laughs> You do not want to meet Bucky outside of the podcast. He's a psycho. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, my oldest niece is the only one with a boyfriend, and I actually can't. I actually can't like the sounds of boyfriends. So can't do the whole routine. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, but eventually. Anyway, uh, on the fifth of March, we have two um, people who are responsible for many, many deaths. In fifteen fifty-eight. The Spanish physician Francisco Fernandez introduced smoking tobacco to Europe, which uh, went about as well as we all know it has. And so many people died of lung cancer. And throat cancer. And emphysema. Yep. The other one is Stalin, who died on the 5th of March, 1953. Mm-hmm. man who murdered <coughs> millions of Russians. Or ordered their deaths. And uh, was photoshopping people out with photos before Photoshop was a thing. Killed more Russians than the Germans did in World War II, which is saying something. Yeah. Actually, he he beats America for killing your own people. (laughs) Right, so um, we have uh, two sad remembrances this week. Um, Actually, three of them, all on the 4th of March this year. Uh, Luke Perry, the American actor who played Dylan McKay in Beverly Hills 90210, uh, and was also in Riverdale and guest roles on about 100 different things, died of a stroke at 52. Uh, On the same day, Christopher Allen Pallies, the American professional wrestler known as King Kong Bundy, um, died at 61 with no official cause of death. And Keith Flint, the vocalist and dancer from The Prodigy, uh, committed suicide at the age of 49. And then an older one on the 5th of March, 1827, Alessandro Giuseppe Antonio Anastasio Volta, the Italian physicist, chemist and pioneer of electricity and power, who invented batteries and is the reason we now have volt as a unit of measurement. (coughs) Also discovered methane. Yeah, that's a uh, two great discoveries. One providing us with great power, the other providing us with the power to create great smells. <coughs> um, then for famous birthdays on the 5th of March 1910, we have Momofuku Ando, the Taiwanese-Japanese inventor and businessman who founded Nissin Food Products Co. Limited. He is known as the inventor of instant noodles and creator of the brands Top Raymond and Cup Noodles, mm-hmm. who was born in Japanese Taiwan in the Empire of Japan, which is now known as Puzi, Jiayi County in Taiwan, Republic of China. <coughs> Can you say that um, five times really fast? No. 
Jiayi County, Taiwan, Republic of China. <laughs> uh, on the 5th of March, 1934, Daniel Kahneman, the Israeli-American psychologist and economist, notable for his work on the psychology of judgment and decision-making, as well as behavioral economics. He was awarded the 2002 Nobel Memorial Prize in Economic Sciences, shared with Vernon O. Smith. He was born in Mandatory Palestine. Is Mandatory a town, or is it like, you must be in Palestine? Oh, it is a town. Um, it is it's, a town. it's a town, but I think that when his mother's water breaker was mandatory, he was born there. <laughs> You're an uncle. You can lay off the dad jokes. <laughs> this is so much fun. We have, uh, on the 5th of March, 1974, Eva Mendes, the American actress... She was in uh, Children of the Corn uh, 5, Fields of Terror. I didn't even know there were sequels to Children of the Corn. There's oh, the... seven movies, I think. And I think they're wow. planning a reboot from one of... I imagine they follow the traditional horror movie curve of quality. But the first one's really good, and then it's just straight down. Um, uh, kind of, but it's actually more of a, a wave. So the first one was really good, the second one, not too bad. Third one, yeah. Move on to fourth. It starts to go up. Fifth is pretty good. Sixth drops down a bit. Seventh one wasn't too bad again. Okay. Um, she was in the Urban Legends movie. Yeah. Um, is that the one that's got Adam and Jamie in it? Um, I can't remember all the characters. It out seems, of like it's, seems like it's too early for that. Oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, the Darwin Awards movie, I think. Probably. I think so. Yeah, um, she was in Training Day, Too Fast, Too Furious, mm-hmm. Hitch, and oh, that sound came through really distorted. Sorry about that. Um, and Ghost Rider and the Spirit, We Own the Night, Black, Bad Lieutenant, and Last Night, and The Place Beyond the Pines. Any other movies? I'm sure there are, but they're not in the show notes. So blame the DJ. She was born in Miami, <clears throat> and the sixth of March, 1966. Alan Davies, the consistently lowest scoring panelist on QI, was born in Loughton, Essex. He's the only one who has been on the panel since the show has started, mm. after uh, Stephen Fry left in 2016. Uh, QI was never the same. I left. <coughs> yeah, I haven't actually, I don't think I've actually seen the um, show since then. Like, I've seen reruns, but I don't think I've seen any of the. Uh, Sandy Toxvig episodes. I think I said, I've seen one or two, and it wasn't as much fun. Okay. Um, for events of interest, on the 5th of March, 1872, George Westinghouse Jr. patented the railway airbrake. On the 5th of March, 1904, Nikola Tesla, uh, of the electronic motor car fame, that <laughs> uh, was sarcasm, in case you didn't get that, and you're going to yell at me for getting that wrong, like I got the Herbert Hoover thing wrong. The car was made after him. Yeah. He described the process of ball lightning formation. Um, The 5th of March, 1975, the Homebrew Computer Club was founded in a Silicon Valley garage with uh, Steve Wozniak and hacker John Draper, a.k.a. Captain Crunch. They named him that because he found out that if you got the toy whistle out of a packet of Captain Crunch cereal and blew it into the... um, mouthpiece of a public telephone you could hack the phone to give you free calls mm-hmm. 
and they um they met at the in the garage with a um an Altair eight eight thousand eight hundred, which inspired Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs to make the Apple on the fifth of March, nineteen seventy nine. NASA's Voyager 1 makes its closest approach to Jupiter, coming within 172,000 miles of the surface. And then on the 5th of March, along with everything else that's ever happened in history, apparently, (laughs) the ZX-81 was launched by Sinclair Research and sold over 1.5 million units around the world. Which was a British home computer. The the ZX spectrum overshadows it a bit, but they are very cute little computers. I'm I'm assuming, uh, Professor, you're going to be you're planning to restore one. No, they're hard to get over here. I think my uncle actually used to have one at one point. Oh, cool. My um, yeah, I remember my dad's first computer was a Commodore sixty four, which I think mm-hmm. was a few years later than this. And you knew, you know it was good quality though, don't you? Because it was made by Timex. Yeah, the uh, watch company, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Among a, a, a number of other things. Well, uh, that's all of the um, all of the events for this week. So um, check us out on Facebook, Twitter at uh, at n amalgamated, Gmail at it's nerds.amalgamated at gmail dot com, isn't it? Yep. Um, send us harassment if you want. <laughs> Give the DJ something to read in his uh, downtime. Um, Check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify, and please rate and review us on those uh, platforms. And uh, you can see our show notes on the website, and uh, that's not Canon Productions. Oh, no, sorry, we're now that's not Canon.com. You can also and check out our yeah, podcasting friends and family. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything to add? Um, one of the hosts of one of the other podcasts, uh, Mr. Alex Smith, is actually launching an album in the near oh, future. Oh, Alex of uh, My Songs Suck. Yes. Um, <laughs> he has a song launching... He has an album launching in the n- near future. You can get along and support a greatest Brisbane artist. Um, it's the single launch, sorry, of A Line... And it's at the Milk Factory in South Brisbane on Saturday, the 16th of March at 7.30 p.m. So is there a live performance going on? I think so. You can, uh, the prices for the tickets are $10, $15 at the door. And we'll put a link to that up on our Facebook page. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all. So I'll see you next week. Hooroo. See you guys. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.